Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Movie Bunker podcast. As ever, it's me, Chris. I mean, Matt. <laughs> it was a bit slow on the uptake of you. No, it wasn't. I was, it was in there like a rocket. What are you chatting about? Well, maybe it's a bit of a delay, my end. Oh, is there a delay? No, I think it's okay. It'll smooth out on the edit. How have you been anyway? I've been delayed and I can see you're distracted by something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got an important question to ask you because obviously it was a difficult podcast last time we met. It was, yeah. So how was the, um, how did it go, the funeral? The, the funeral was a moving affair for all involved, not as uh, distressing as the next morning. Although the most distressing thing about the following morning wasn't so much that my child was upset. It was that my other one is clearly a psychopath <laughs> and is, uh, yeah, destined to probably uh, progress to killing cats and eventually people. Was she not bothered then? She was not bothered. She actually said the words. I went, are you all right? She went, oh, I'm, not, I'm not bothered. Can I get a guinea pig now? I'm like, oh. Jesus, it's not even cold. Well, it was cold. It was cold and stiff. But, you know, emotionally speaking, it wasn't cold. Whereas yeah. um, the other one was just in pieces and then as she went to school everyone she met she had to tell and that yeah. would then bring back the tears oh god the tears of pain of the the, the lost the lost happy gerbil life though happy gerbil well that's it and it? it's, it's quality of life as well i mean it's worth anyone who's not listened to any previous episodes might want to go back to about 20 minutes into episode <laughs> 22 where gerby the gerbil uh or what was sorry name grace name? Grace, I bit to apologise. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> She's Grace uh, passed, I think. Not she, during the podcast. Or was well, it? I don't know. I don't know exactly when she <laughs> moved over to the other side, but um, we were sat there and we, I looked to my right to see that little furry face that so often greets me in the morning. And um, it, was, it was on its side is the best way to describe it. Just led on its side. And I thought, that's unusual doesn't normally spoon itself. <laughs> um, I think it was bored to death by the vo- our voices I, talking about Winchester. There's a very good chance of that. Um, but yes, it, uh, it, was, um, it, was, it was proper dead. Um, but it looked like it had died in a happy fashion. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might be fooling myself and making it, it eventually gave up the ghost after being horribly incarcerated for four years. But either way, I was happy. It's the only life it knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it'd been running around. I didn't like go into the the wiles of I don't know where the fuck they come from. Gerbils. <laughs> don't think are they a wild animal? I don't yeah, know. I think they're just where they come from. <laughs> yeah, they're bred in a laboratory, surely. Yeah. So uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't go and hunt it with my cunning and bring it home and tear it from the bosom of its family. It was. It was uh, raised in captivity. And bread of that. <laughs> so um, we'll have to excuse as well because um, on today's podcast you might hear rain because there's rain. There's quite heavy rain. <laughs> it's rain. not. It's not my tears. I'm not making a lasagna. <clears throat> but no, it's uh, it's it's pissing down basically. So there, there might be some slight drumming noise in the back of our normally pristine sounding podcast. Yeah, I think rain is the least of the listeners' issues. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, uh, fucking refrigerator going off is the other one anyway we're back Chris with the yet another film 
We are indeed. This one, it's a Razzie-nominated uh, film as well. It is. Oh, I, I did notice, actually, the last few podcasts we've done, we haven't told, told the listeners what we're all about if, they're, uh, if they're joining fresh. We just arrogantly assume that everyone has been listening to us since the day one and, and no longer requires an explanation as to, uh, as to what we're actually doing. That is a good point. It's a good point. What is so, it we do? <laughs> we fool ourselves into thinking this is a viable way of spending our time. <laughs> um, uh, aside from that, we we took the deal. We d- we took the deal with the day that one day we sat there and we we thought we should make a podcast about films, but not about the films that everybody watches and <laughs> enjoys. We're, we're gonna we're gonna look for. We're gonna do a sort of community service of watching all of the critically panned films so that we can eventually one day find one or more of those critically panned films that don't belong in the critically panned section, that don't belong languishing in fours and five-star IMDb ratings. They, 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 they deserve to be elevated and celebrated and rejoiced as actually decent films. As yet, episode 24, we've not found that film or a film or even a, a snifter of it. I don't think we've even been close, have we, Chris? We've been, I tell you what we found is, is elements of films that we could say are, are that, that, that stand up. So the whole, the film as a whole, I mean, no film is perfect, but there are perfect films out there and enjoyable films that we, but um, I think we find elements of films that are, I mean, something good to say. So for instance, it could be sound design. It could be the uh, sound of someone standing on some wood. <laughs> yeah. For instance, uh, Winchester was a very, uh, oh, you uh, love that word. audio orderly, orderly or, um, audibly. Yeah. Audibly. It was audibly audible. pleasing. Audibly pleasing. Other films, not so much. Yeah, we've no. we've had bits of bits like crazy characters. So we, all, I do talk about Twenty Twelve a lot. You had Woody Harrelson and that. So some performances in films are enjoyable or, or yeah. tolerable. Yeah, you. Are. But on the whole, no, no. <laughs> but so, so that's what we do. That's what we're here for. We to watch these bad films. Try and find the good in them. We're not we're not about slamming. We're but we're not film shaming here. We're, we're trying to find the good stuff and maybe... But we also, um, sorry, Matthew, to interrupt you, but we also drag in other people into the uh, mix as well. So we do, on the off episode, we'll have a, yep. a, a chat or an interview with a, a well-known person or um, a film critique or journalist or artist or a famous person that can give us their guilty pleasure, if you like. So we can guilty not only pleasure. can we... Talk, to, talk about films ourselves, but we actually drag other people into, into the mix as well. What I've noticed about your interviews, Chris, is they are, there's, there's, there's no guilt involved. They are unabashedly yeah. uh, into their shit films. But anyway, I think we're procrastinating. We're, we're skipping the reason for it. Well, we you. don't really want... Oh, <laughs> do we have to? Yeah, I guess yeah. we have to do it. Yeah, so this episode's film was Death Wish, the 2018 remake. Here's yep. the trailer. I told you I love you. Yes, Dad, you've told me like a billion times. Honey? Can you please come down here? Doc, something's happened. You can't go in there. Dad, where's Mom? 
love my family. I failed to protect them. I'm sorry, Dr. Kersey, nothing yet. So there's nothing that I can do? Is that what you're saying? You can have faith. How'd faith work out for them? If a man really wants to protect what's his, he has to do it for himself. The men who did it are out there. I'm gonna hunt them down. One by one. I had homies in the 7th grade doing gun trades out at the dark. We're close, pal. You and Joey, right? Yeah. Well, kill my wife! Who else was there? I don't know anything else. You're not gonna kill me. No. Jack is. You can't deny me now. You got caught in some crossfire? Yeah. He said next time it ain't gonna be my leg. You are gonna be all right, I promise. On a mission, no other way they can stop me now. Everybody's watching this viral video. Is this dude right for taking the law into his own hands? Hey! Is he a hero? He saved my life. Or is it wrong? You're cocked, locked, and ready to rock. I'll say, someone took my wife. Everyone involved is going to pay. You look much better getting out, socializing. Mm. Not so much. Well, whatever you're doing, keep it up. <laughs> okay, I will. There's the trailer. There's the trailer. I'm. I'm. Uh, you may have noticed, Chris, as we listen to that trailer live and then on the podcast, is that um, you'll go, Matt, is that the trailer? The actual trailer? I'm like, no, I've edited Because I realised from the trailers we put on there that there's quite often a bit in a trailer where there's just um, an ever-increasing noise and music which doesn't play so well on the podcast. No, this is it. This is which what I learned. horrendous in the sense that I had this whole sort of do, 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 and like, you know, you know accompanied with some... Uh, running people through woods or uh, doors slamming or jumping faces. It makes sense, but just uh, audibly, as you made a new word, I may as well use it. <laughs> audibly, um, was, it doesn't play so well. So yes, yeah. welcome to our first edited trailer. Yeah, I've, been edita- I've been editing the trailer since the beginning. The first edited trailer that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> <You> bastard. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> So yes, yeah. so so Death Wish. So um, the original film back in the nineteen seventies uh, was it was famous. I think it was one of those ones that was on the band list for a while. Um, Michael Winner and Charles Bronson. Um, the story of a good man pushed to the edge mm. uh, to do bad things. Yeah, it's it's a famous old title, really. The original mm. Death Wish, and so Michael Winner made some. Um, films <laughs> uh, they've always been a bit controversial the films so um i guess it was par for the course for um eli roth who's no um stranger to controversial films and film subjects that that he took on this uh on this project yeah so he's kind of a would you say like a was a semi-controversial director in terms of he doesn't shy away from controversy or um gore or sort of grungy 
topics. Yeah, the, I mean, a couple of years ago, there was a, that whole horror porn kind of movement, which he was in and amongst and spearfished. People will also recognise him as the uh, the Jew Bear from uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh yes, yeah, he's in that. He's actually he actually stars now. I mean, you know, we we famously famously uh, got confused in our podcast and named every possible director apart from me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so um, he he's got he's got a name to him. As I say, I'm not a huge fan of his uh, all his. Me neither, and I think he's he lost quite a lot of his credibility. He was obviously up and coming, and someone who was a you know, like I say, a bit con bit controversial and um this film didn't land uh, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail his previous film they did the remake of the green inferno which is that cannibal kind of led film yeah. um that 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 tanked uh, he's recently directed the house with the clock in the walls which is a bit of a diversion from him so it's a bit strange yeah yeah i didn't know he did that one actually that's interesting i mean the decision uh, he obviously has gone through his 1970s DVD collection and is going, right, I'm going to remake that one. I'll remake that one. <laughs> going to do that one. Yeah, so uh, should we go through a bit of a plop synopsis? Here's the plop synopsis then. Dr. Paul Kersey is an experienced trauma surgeon, a man who has spent his life saving lives. And after an attack on his family, Paul embarks on his own mission for justice. Justice. Uh, yeah, so this stars Bruce Willis in the title role of uh, Paul Kersey, he plays the surgeon, which is odd casting in my opinion. It got quite a good uh, supporting cast, I reckon. Um, Vincent uh, Dionafrio? Yes, I actually did a little mini cheer when I saw Vincent Dionafrio. He, he plays his brother, uh, Bruce's brother. Crazy. And then we've got Elizabeth Shue, which I've not seen on screen for quite a while. I would say Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, fantastic. And the only other sort of actor I, I recognised was uh, Dean Norris, uh, who plays the detective Kevin Rains, who's probably more famously for uh, known for um, in Breaking Bad, who plays Hank. Yes, in my notes, I've just got typecast cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think he's ever going to be anything ever again, apart from grumpy cop. Grumpy, fair, but tough cop. But I think his role in, in, in this film, actually, he, his character's quite, quite fun, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, bit of fluff, isn't it? But yeah. I don't know if some of this is played for laughs or not, because it's quite weird. Because, like, um, so the film opens up, so there's a departure from the original. The original film, Kersey, so they've kept the names. Kersey was um, an architect, uh, a well-to-do architect and in this film he, he's a doctor so we have like a, an opening gambit where we see like this cop racing with his and there's like loads of overspersed news about how utterly violent and depressing life is today so it's yeah. like oh, 48 people are 15 people got shot today hey all that bollocks that you get in uh, films uh, where they always want to sort of uh, create a landscape for your characters to live in so um the opening five minutes is very much to indicate that this is a violent world and there's nothing we can do about it so yeah so you have this cop rusting his partner who's been shot to the hospital and then uh, they get him in the hospital and like paging dr kersey paging dr kersey and uh they, they get the doctor there and <laughs> 
I can't imagine there's going to be some sort of like heroic ER kind of moment. But he just literally walks up to this guy and just goes, oh, he's dead. <laughs> Fucks off again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bruce, Bruce as an A&E trauma surgeon is, is the most unlikely casting or, or worst casting. And had like the worst bedside manner ever. Walks up to the cop going, ah, you did the best you could. <laughs> yeah, it's like hard- and I think I think they were trying to paint this scene here where he was such a sort of humanitarian that it didn't matter who you were or what you were, is that he was going to try his best to save you. So he he tried to save the cop by looking at him in a harsh way, and then it, it, you kind of heard this sort of muted dialogue where he was going off to actually try and save the the guy that shot him. So it kind of is just trying to set that scene. Mm. He was he was a super super doc who cared more for life than he did anything else. But um, this doctor has got a great life. He's got a nice big house, nice car. His wife, Rich his wife. is what I've written yeah. in my notes. <laughs> yeah, they always are. Um, his Rich wife Elizabeth Shue is is uh, he's a good family guy. His daughters. He's, he's a good dad by all by all, all, all accounts. He's uh, a grumpy dad as well. You see, sort of you know that kind of. Um, I don't know. He's a begrudgingly. Uh, he's, 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 got, he's got an idyllic family life, hasn't he? Just, yeah, but he's, he's reluctant to let his daughter go. She's got a place yes. in New York University. Uh, so she's, there's that storyline of her flee, flying the nest. Um, and then there's his brother. Uh, his brother, uh, as we've already mentioned, is played by the, the Kingpin dude. And uh, uh, amongst many other great fantastic films, he's in Daredevil, wasn't he? He plays the Kingpin in that. He, he is, and he's fantastic. Um, uh, and it's this brother who's who's a little bit down his luck, a little bit less well off. We're not quite sure what he does, or, but he's always asking no, for money. But, that's never really fleshed out either, is it? It's really? Not, it's not what, what's his story? But he's he's on the scene as well. He comes around to visit. They go out for meals. Um, they go out for a celebratory meal earlier on the in the film. Looks, looks good. But this is I've got one. I've got, got one thing to say about this. Is it's not uncommon for this sort of these films to have this sort of scene where they go to a restaurant and they order food. It arrives and they don't fucking eat it, <laughs> right? So they're in this amazing pizza pie restaurant. It's not like a pizza. This is a no. pizza pie. It's a fucking deep dish, right? Oh. So they're all, there's four of them. They're all having a nice time. The, the uncle looks really nice and pally. They're joking about her new life in, what her new life's going to be like. In and they're alluding to him being a tough man, aren't they, as well? Yeah, yeah, they want, yeah, they talk about him. Ah, that's it. It's a signpost. Honk, honk. He loved a bit of a fight. He was a oh, bit. He loved a bit but, of a tumble with his dad. It's right, he had an abusive dad, right? Abusive. But then the pizza arrives and it's this magnificent deep dish pizza. And, oh. uh, they go about, um, you know, they must be fucking hungry. It's a busy place. But the, the brother dishes out the pizza. They all get a slice. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, lovely, lovely. But this is the, in most life situations, this is where everyone goes, oh, great. Well, let's eat. Come on, guys. Yeah, time for conversation is finished. Yeah, they, could talk, they could talk any at the same time. I mean, we are capable of doing that. Americans do that very well. Um, so the, the, the pizza gets distributed and they just sit and look at it. Yeah. It looks I mean, amazing. I was stunned yeah. when I watched this, and I was like, "Ah, oh, mate, I could, I would fucking who could demolish it." But who does that, Matthew? Maybe the whole entire thing is about the pizza. Maybe it's all just an allegory. Maybe the 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 rapey, murdery guy just saw them, just you know, dismissively not eating the pizza, and thought, "Right, fuck you, fuck you and your life. I'm going to have a bit of that." But the problem is, Matthew. I don't want to jump ahead in terms of the film, but later on, 
Bruce goes back to the same restaurant and does the same thing again. Well, I think it's the same pizza. I think he's just gone back up to, to he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go finish that pizza because it's like about one slice left. But it's also raised, so it's always at eye height whenever you're in shot, which is weird. Well, yeah, it's on one of these, uh, like, what, a cake stand? Yeah. Who sells anyway, pizza on a cake stand? God knows, but we, they want it. I'm, I'm wondering whether this this is product placement for somewhere in Chicago, because it's a Chicago deep dish, right? Because this is right. Chicago, right? Yes. Anyway, we've talked enough about the pizza, but yeah, oh, yeah, Bruce. Good there's another, yeah, there's another scene as well. There's just a honk honk like the signposting uh-huh. of uh, Bruce's, you know, that he's capable of doing something potentially, you know, quite violent, possibly. Yes. There's a, he, they're soccer um, parents as well. So the daughter's at a soccer game and um, playing and then there's a very bolshy dad on the sidelines. On the, or sidelines, is that what you call him, football? He's on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what my football terminology is when when the parents are on the side of the pitch giving it, hurling abuse. But anyway, there's a dad there of another just a, just a twat. You call just them, a twat. Yeah. There's just plenty of them. He's shouting abuse at his kid who's not tackling very well or whatever, and he's getting he's having a go at the ref. You know, but the thing is, like, we've, we've seen this kind of scene many times before in lots of films, but it's normally centered around sort of like kids football like i mean like but th- these are like 18 19 year old girls mm. your dad really gonna turn up and spout abuse at the side of the pit he challenges the the verbally abusive dad just basically asking him politely i think in a reasonable way just to quieten down and you know basically he yeah. wants to, the other guy wants to start a fight elizabeth shoes quite it sweet does. And um, I think Bruce Willis's character handles it extremely well. And he's, he's calm and collected. He doesn't lose his cool. Doesn't, doesn't diffuse the situation either. But I think, you know, in terms of how he dealt with it, I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't done cornily. It wasn't cheesy. It was pretty good, I thought. It's, anyway. it's very Bruce Willis-y, actually. It's, yeah. it, there's, there's very few scenes in this film which are very Bruce Willis-y. But that was probably one of them where he was like a little wry smile on his face. That's right. I was just about to say it. Yeah, he's got that little Bruce smirk that he does. A little Brucey glint. In his eye. It should wind you up, wouldn't it? It would wind you oh, up. Oh, yeah, with his little weird face that like, looks like it's drawn from the side. <laughs> you so. say to him, Bruce, are you going to tidy up? Are you going to put you, just take your plates out with you? He'd be like that. Am I? Am I going to do that? And he'd give you a little <laughs> smile and the side of his mouth, you go, you fucking prick. <laughs> take your plate out. Plate. Eat your pizza and go. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, we get the setup really of Bruce. We, cut, we get the cut of his jib basically. He's, he was a bit handy in his younger years, yep. Yep. and he could handle himself on a on a football pitch. Yeah, and he's rich as piss. So they go to the. Is this before the, no, the restaurant? The football scene was before. Then they go to the restaurant to eat. Well, to not eat there, to look at their pizza whilst their pizza slowly congeals in front of them. And then when they're leaving, the valet he takes a shine to Bruce's life and wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. So um, he goes to get his car, takes a little picture of home. Apparently, you should never put home in your sat nav. People mm-hmm. you should always put somewhere nearby, just in case, you know. Because, you know, we all know how to get to our house from one street away. Just put that one in instead. little safety tip there for you. We're not just Thank an entertainment podcast. We're informative too. <laughs> so, but no, Bruce Willis hasn't done this despite his, his, his tough upbringing. He's, uh, he's put his full address in there. So our old matey 
um, takes a, a little picture of it. Um, and from that moment on, obviously with the knowledge of the previous film, you know what's going to come next. And I've just written capital letters, dread, because knowing Eli Roth and knowing what's meant to have happened next, mm. I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. This is going to be horrible. So with the, with the home invasion, I thought this is going to be nasty. But in a really un-Eli Roth way, kind of shies away from the sort of the hardest hitting part of the film. So it's mild. It's, it's incredibly mild for him. Yeah. I mean, I, and as I said, I don't know whether or not they did it for rating purposes. I don't know what this came in as on the rating. It came in as a 15, but I think it was, I think it's, I think it's edited because yeah, there's, An he R. could have done. Oh really? Okay. He could have done so much more with the scenes. Basically yeah. um, it goes, they, they weren't supposed to be in the house. I don't think they were supposed to be out for a meal or something or they, or whatever. Or they, one of them was going to be out, but something goes wrong. And, and, the daughter and the uh, the wife are at home. He gets they, called to work, doesn't he? So it's his birthday. That's right. Yeah, they were going out for dinner, I think. Yeah. They? That's right. But then they go and get the ingredients to make a cake. So then, then, then there's like this moment of realization in there that they're that they're, she's being burgled. Yeah, they're not alone her, in the house. Yeah, her and her daughter are just there. So and these these three thugs are on on. In the house, and then it, it all, 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 all hell breaks loose. But no, I mean, not in the way that you would think it would be, as we say, for an Eli Roth film. It's uh, it, it's mild. The wife is. It gets you get a cutaway and everything of the actual violent moment. Like there's a little bit of a fisty cuffs where the uh, the bad guys get you know a little bit of a duffing up. Um, but then when it's about to turn nasty for the inhabitants, for Elizabeth Shue and her daughter just cuts outside and a couple of singular gunshots. Yeah, basically um, one of the one of the robbers is exposed. His, his uh, mask is ripped off, isn't he? Yeah, or he... Do the masks have pictures of their own faces on it? Because that, that seems yeah. like what it was, which seems weird like a... for a mask to have your own face on top. It looked like a pair, a pair of tights with a face drawn on top of it. It was really strange. Yeah, but their face um, with like the yeah, beard yeah. and everything. <laughs> I think, um, if I remember rightly, the daughter fights back at one point and scratches one of the dude's face because he wants to... The, basically, there's two professional burglars and one unprofessional burglar. And the unprofessional burglar wants to probably, you know, I think there's uh, alluding to a possible rape scene, which we don't obviously happen. Um, I think that yeah. happened in the original film. Yeah, the original one, um, I think this is why it was almost banned, or if it was banned, I'm not sure exactly. Um, it has a, ho- a horrendous... It's the same in the sense that his wife gets killed, but I think they both get raped before killed and then... Yeah, it's raped and beaten, and is like left barely alive. So it all goes wrong, and it's cut. I mean, to to, to sort of close this scene, but it goes wrong. Yeah. The, the, I was the wife is... very thankful of um, <laughs> the handing of this because I I didn't want to watch that. I was like, oh. But as I say, and knowing his past work, I was just like, this is going to be nasty. And as you say, from his previous films, he's more than capable of doing stuff, and he does deliver some gore later on. There's some, yeah. There's some a couple of torture scenes, but I'm, um, where Bruce sets out to get his revenge, and we'll probably get onto that in a second. But he he doesn't shy away from the gore when he wants to, but he's it's man on man. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of man on man action. We want to see it as well. I think You'd, I want to see that as well. I mean, he, he, he's getting revenge, and I know. Yeah, I a, mean, if it if it cut away from all of those scenes, this film would almost be completely pointless rather than just mostly pointless. So. Yeah, because there's no controversy at all. So yeah, so Bruce is at work when his wife and daughter arrive. 
he quickly finds out his wife's dead. And this is when we're introduced into the typecast Breaking Bad Cop. Turns out, because obviously his wife is dead. There was this strange scene where they're kind of interviewing him about the stuff that's been taken. Mm. And he has an encyclopedic knowledge of his shit. Yeah. Like, he's just sat there going... Oh yeah, there was the uh, there was the ring, uh, a birth certificate, uh, four hundred dollars in a thing. But but a watch. There's two watches on the side. Da, 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 da. Like, he doesn't even know if they've been taken. He hasn't been home yet. He hasn't been home yet. The thing is as well, the, the, just a, there's another like signpost. Sure it's fraud to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a bit earlier on in the film where he's been he's given a gift. There's there's so many sign honking honking signposts in this film for yeah. what's going to happen so he's got an old watch and it's like oh we're going to get you a new watch for your birthday you want to get rid of that thing he's like i love this watch there's nothing wrong with it or something or it doesn't it's not quite yeah. as accurate as it once was and it's an old vintage watch very nice but she gets him like a brand spanking new black like uh i don't know ceramic looking thing um and he goes oh yeah cheers anyway that gets stolen and so that there, uh-huh. you know, straight away, that's going to be something that will lead him to the people later on. I don't know if any of our listeners um, watch Topsy and Tim, <laughs> but when I see <laughs> when I see these sort of things, it always reminds me of Topsy and Tim because Topsy and Tim do this thing that they have like the story where, like, oh, uh, Topsy learns to ride his bike, um, her bike, um, and then at the end they'll have a like, little quiz. And they go, what colour was Topsy's body, <laughs> right? And obviously yeah. during the programme to make sure that these questions are responsibly answered by the, the five, six, seven, eight-year-olds that are watching it, um, it's that like they make a big fuss, go, oh, what a lovely red bike that you have. And it's just, uh, the, like you say, the, 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 these scenes in these films remind me so much. Of, and you, I, you just go, ah, all right, that's going to... That's going to come on later on then. Uh, so like you said, there was already like several, it's like there was uh, the fact that he was a doctor uh, and they tried to make it look like he, would, he wouldn't do any violence. It was just thing. But then there was an allusion to a violent past. Then there was the, um, the tattoo on the, the valet. You know, ooh. That's, yes, that's, yeah. that's I'm gonna, identifiable. I'm just going to point it out to everyone. <laughs> it's always like, oh, could you show that to the... People at home, yeah, okay, that's nice. Um, and then you can say, then there was the fact that he had the, there was a watch, a very distinctive watch, and yeah, so it was just like, oh. and all the you know the bits about yeah him fighting as a child, and yeah, so it, it, it happens, and it, 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 you, you need to have these things because not everyone's paying attention during his films or whatever, but so you need to have these sort of little things so that you know the plot can be driven forward later, but. To be honest, it's so later on. There's so little actual sort of vengeance that it's um, it's it's unnecessary. You need to bother about it. He does um, his job very quickly. I just want to. We talked about Dean uh, Dean Norris, who plays the, the detective. His partner as well, Kimberly uh, Kimberly Elise as well. They, it's kind of a. I think they're um quite a good double act actually. They were quite funny and uh, they seem to have they they seem to have a bit of depth. Uh, you could see that. They'd maybe I don't know whether they'd worked on their characters, you know, when they weren't on set or something, because they seem to have a little bit of chemistry. Um, or maybe was I reading too much into that? I think you were bored. <laughs> uh, because I, I could see them on a, in a spin-off. 
<laughs> Death Wish spin-off with the the two detectives. Anyway, I just thought I mentioned Death that. Wish so I, try, I mean, so I, was try, I was trying to find good stuff. Obviously, had a sequel, so possibly this one could too, and they'd come back, and you could uh, fall in love once more with the. They they just seem like a, an odd couple. I just wanted to say as well. I know I know we're doing speed through the plot a bit more, but um, I felt a bit, a, bit, a bit sad for Elizabeth Shue. I mean, because she's. She was really good at this in terms of, you know, I know she had a lot to do, but um, <laughs> she's fridged. This is the perfect example of fridging, you know. Her death it's and her daughter's uh, is, is completely the sparing of this movie. It's the death of a woman. Uh, instead yeah. of having any They could have flipped it. They could have flipped it and mm. made the Elizabeth Shoe go out on a, a murderous spree. Mm. I'd have watched that. Um, it's a shame she died um, so early on in the film. Basically, I know they couldn't have had the film without her, but it, without that, but it seems a shame it could have been her. She's she's good actress. So something that's stuck in my mind a while back. Um, I was listening to the um, Adam Buxton podcast. Not that you need the advertisement from our podcast, but yeah, the yeah. Adam Buxton podcast. Um, and they had an interesting guest that pointed out like the average age gap between the leading man and his wife or girlfriend and stuff. It is um, is quite extraordinary. So I had a quick look up at eight years between uh, Miss Shu and Mr. Willis, which I thought was actually a lot low, like it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. I thought mm-hmm. Elizabeth Shu was probably a lot younger than Bruce Willis, but I guess Bruce Willis has just had an old face for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. But yes, well, he, eight years. That's a good point. It's one of those things I think there's men of a certain age will, all, yeah, they always pair them with young, young women. Yeah. In life as well, as young, young, but so that they have a there's another honking sign coming up next. So they, at his wife's funeral, they they have this poacher's bit with his dad, and there's like a little weird speech about how you can't rely on anyone that you have to go and take matters into your own hands. Yeah, what were those poachers doing to that deer? By the way, did you see? I think, uh, yeah, no, they were gutting it, weren't they? I don't know because it looked like it'd been gnawed on. Like, yeah, I maybe know, they were eating. <laughs> just going going for it raw. I mean, like, you know, that that's where the story is. These people are obviously so fucking poor that they see a deer by the side of the road and they and like what Funny. what does it do with him? Is it does he own all the deer? Is he the the Lord of Nottingham? Did I suddenly broach into a, a weird remake of Robin Hood? I'm I'm not <laughs> sure what happened, but yes, they, like some poachers. He, he goes and he just pulls over his car, goes and starts randomly shooting at them because they shot a deer. Maybe they should because yeah, yeah. the deer wasn't dead. It was like, <laughs> but like with a gaping wound in its side, like it had been chewed on. Chewed on. Maybe they were okay. zombie poachers. Zombie poachers. <sighs> There's a film. <laughs> then he goes off after this and sees the happiest gun dealer in the whole wide world. This is where it starts to delve into what I call the um, the YouTube tutorial segments that are littered yeah. throughout this film. Right. So he's he's decided. There's a few scenes where he obviously makes a decision that he's going to avenge his wife's death and the police aren't doing enough about it, which, yeah. seems, um, you know, as we say, there's more intercuts of um, talk radio or... Um, I hate these bits. I really hate these bits. They're talking about the gun crime in Chicago and the violence that's on the rise, blah, 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 and who's got a handle on it. So these three robbers are out there on the streets um, and he's at home going sl- slowly mad or being driven mad by the fact that he's, he's not, nothing's happening and, and, and he wants to go and seek vengeance. I think someone else comes in uh, into his trauma unit 
dying of a yeah drops a gun or gets dies again it's so that kind of spurs him on his his daughter is in a coma and she's handcuffed or or strapped to the bed i think either to stop her causing herself some harm while she's in a coma yeah there is at this point the, the weirdest fucking montage ever though Mm. Stroke that weird montage, like you say. There's like YouTube tutorials, and he's cleaning cleaning the gun he's found a lot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then then he's in a shipping container shooting at a road sign. That's right. So, so he's practice. He's <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah, this, it's like it's like a men at work road sign. So it's got like a little tiny man on it. So I'm guessing he's yeah. aiming at the man, and obviously you know in each scene he gets a little bit stronger. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a really typical montage <laughs> so his gun gets cleaner and then he his shooting gets ever so slightly closer to the man and then yeah. at one point he hits the man he's like fuck it that's it i am a good shot now yeah, yeah. and i'm ready and, uh, and, and he's, he, his oh. his line to his brother-in-law or something in the hospital is that my daughter's in handcuffs whilst her my wife's killers are still on the streets and they're not, and aren't in handcuffs. I mean, he says it more eloquently than that. I've just noticed something about this because he goes on, he goes on a, like a vigilante, like killing spree, but not. So his first, the first people he comes across is he, he puts his hood up, doesn't he? He starts walking the streets. He doesn't have to wait long. There is crime everywhere, wherever he is. Chicago. In Chicago, it's rife, but apparently that was an over, over-egged statistic in the very first place from what I read. Well, yeah, it's like Robocop. It was like New Detroit. It was um, horrendous every time you turn a corner. So um, he, 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 inter- he intervenes in a carjacking, doesn't he? Yeah, he uh, does. And then he's filmed on, on a mobile phone and he shoots the yeah. carjackers. <laughs> he does, yeah. And he lets the, the lady go and he's got his hood up at the whole time. So he puts his hoodie up and... Uh, yeah, it makes you unrecognisable, the hoodie. And then what happens after that is that the, 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 obviously the footage is leaked onto YouTube or whatever. And then he's, from then on in, he's known as the Grim Reaper, right? The Grim Reaper. Um, what he should be known as is Rude Train Man. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, after he shot the guys, right, I appreciate he's a bit amped up. So he, he shots the guys and he runs off. He, he ditches his hoodie because that... So he, <laughs> this is another weird thing in this film. Is they make a really big point of the fact that he can't be recognised because instead of using his own clothing, <laughs> he goes down to the hospital like dead people clothes and um, takes a different black hoodie every time. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so he, he ditches the hoodie and he runs and he, he jumps over a fence and then he runs onto a train. And instead of just finding the nearest vacant seat, which there are loads of, I, re- I rewound this scene. And, <laughs> like there are literally, literally every other, every other seat on this train is, is empty. He, he just walks up to this woman sat by the bit that he wants to sit and he goes, budge over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then leaves, and then he sits down, and then looks out the door. No one's chasing him. He's, there's no need for that to happen. It just made him look suspicious. And right, he may be getting on in years, but he didn't need the elderly seat. No, he could have no. sat anywhere. He's just he's, he just vaulted a fucking fence. He doesn't need the elderly seat. He's fit. He's a fit man, anyway, isn't he, old Brucey? Loads of seats. He's he's my guardian angel. Was uh, another line that came out. It, it really, honk, 
hackneyed way. And then literally within about three minutes, that phrase is then used four or five times. So that there is, it's, it's a real ham fisted approach to like this debate, I guess, which is like, should there be vigilantes? Should the cops be it? And like, you know, like you said, the, the double act of the cops and these, they, they do nothing throughout the whole film apart from provide a certain amount of amusement. They, they provide no policing service at no. all. <laughs> no. They are like months behind everything else that's happening in the film. So it was a real kind of like NRA gun right advert for saying, yeah, you know, fuck the police. Just go out there and just shoot people if they've done you bad Wait. things. In terms of the plot thereafter, that obviously is the catalyst to him going on a bit of a crime spree. He sees the footage online on, on his laptop. He's he smiling again, doesn't he? He does his little smile. So it's like he starts... <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it's almost like he's tasted blood, you know? And so there on after the film, the film basically is him tracking down the Wait, burglars. The... His next one, though, is he, he goes after the ice cream man. So that's the next one. Um, but there, uh, there was a, there's a, there's a bit so yeah so he goes and shoots a drug dealer because a kid said oh, there's a drug that's right street. and he's like don't you worry about that <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make sure that you never have to worry about him again right do you reckon the kid might put two and two together <laughs> it's in broad daylight he goes up and shoots a a, a drug dealer and his accomplices and basically that's when then again it, it ranks up he's ranking up all the time he's leveling up in his Grim Reaper yeah. vigilante hero thing. He goes from someone not able to hold a gun because he managed to cut his hand the first time he shot the gun to yeah, just, just quick drawing, shooting this old old bastard. Um, and very confident that none of his cohorts would do anything about it. They just kind of scarper. Legged it. They legged it rather than actually going, oh, should we shoot yeah. that man back again? But he probably he thought to himself, um, do you know where they were running, Chris? They were running off to the, the, the makers of that gun to haunt them because <laughs> as we all know from Winchester it's not the people that are shooting to blame it's the gun makers themselves that are to blame mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's guns. you know that I mean whoever made that gun I think it was a Glock I think I mentioned a few times there was some product placement for Glock there Glock the best gun ever so you know there was some some heavy product placement for Glock um, so yeah the Glock family's house must be absolutely riddled with ghosts 13 ghosts in 13 nails and what have you after the, the uh, second killing the, uh, the police finally get a, a sketch of Bruce what a sketch did you see the picture that they made <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. I mean, there isn't a human alive that looks like that picture that they drew. <laughs> There's no way you'd look at that and go, "Oh, they're gonna fucking find me now. I'm doomed." I can imagine if someone put a hood on a poo and then punched the poo and then drew it. That's roughly the person they were looking for. It's got a reasonable resemblance to, you know, Bruce Willis' wrinkly face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he then. He then goes after. Well, should we just, you know, round it up a little bit because uh, there's yeah, a bit where he each and every scene because that's that's insane. Um, but there's a bit, doesn't there? The bit where he gets the the worst guy out of the three. Well, see, he kills two, uh, and one remains uh, undead. Well, the first guy, and I think, yeah, the first guy just turns up at his ER dead. He doesn't even have to do anything. He's just like, oh look, it's the guy with the tattoo. 
So that's the good, yeah, yeah, no, so, but he's not and, a burglar. He's got, oh, he's got his fucking watch on. And so then he, he goes and nicks his phone. Yes. So why would this petty thief keep the really expensive watch? Well, this on his rather expensive smartphone. Why would he keep the picture of the address he took of the burglary he went to? <laughs> well, he wasn't the burglar, Matthew. He wasn't, he was the informant. Oh, was he so, not there at all? Yes. No, so the watch he gets, he, he's, I, he's given, because he, the stash of the stolen goods is kept in the bar. The bar, the... Um, I thought he was the third guy. No, no, the, the first guy that he shoots and kills is the one he meets at the uh, pub or the bar behind... Yeah. Behind, and uh, they have a shootout. And the second guy is the guy he, he, he squishes his head uh, <laughs> In the garage. Yep. And then, and then the third guy is the one we see in the showdown at the end who brings his other big heavy. In the, um, in the bar shootout one, there was a weird bit where there was a comedy bowling ball incident. <laughs> yes. It was yeah. almost like, it was like Home Alone. <laughs> it was exactly You guys give up or you're thirsty for more? And I read Home Alone, it was just like, oh, well, Bruce is done for. Hold on, what's this? <laughs> because the guys were watching semi-pornographic bowling. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's clearly a big bowling fan. He's got bowling balls. And he's put, where, where shall I put my bowling balls? <laughs> and he's like, I know, on top of that rickety shelf. Um, and then how is that <laughs> going to come into play later? And then we get another honking sign. It's like, they're fighting. All of a sudden, it just cuts the bowling ball, wobbling slightly on the shelf. <laughs> And then, and then Bruce Willis is disarmed. Oh no, it's the end of Bruce. And I'm like thinking to myself, I reckon that bowling ball might come into it any minute now. <laughs> and I mean, it does. It just twaps him on the head. And I was thinking after this, watch this film, I think there's no way that should be no, Razzie nominated. And now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's fucking, that is awful. Lazy. <laughs> It's bad. Lazy. So what if that, I mean, no one keeps a bowling ball on a high shelf. That's what. <laughs> well, not unless you're going to secure it in some yeah, it's got. It's no bracket, what a prick. <laughs> it's health and safety gone mad. So that guy dies. So that's, the, that's, the, that's the first guy. And then uh, he finds, yeah. he finds the other guy working in a garage. And this is where he does the torture scene. Yeah. And this is one of the, one of the, probably, probably one of the most goriest parts of this film is where he cuts an archer or you fight, because he, he's a surgeon. He severs a, or he goes into the leg of this guy with a knife and says it's like the, the, the most painful part of the human body that you can sort of manipulate before you pass out. Yeah. So it's like, he's, he's, this guy's in agony and he's pouring uh, brake fluid into the wound and everything, isn't he? So it's, it's gone hideously wrong for this chap. He, this guy gives up where he comes, the, the third person on the list. And as Bruce walks away, he yanks a chain <laughs> and uh, we get a head splatter shot of uh, the car that this guy is but working. We also in. get um, like a, a James Bond-esque throwaway death line as well. You're not going to kill me. No, Jack is. Because he's got the car jacked up. Hey! Right. Uh-uh. I think he's right. He says that. It's just him and the dead man in the room, or soon to be dead man in the room. No one's ever going to know. He must feel stupid. <laughs> that he must think to himself, "Oh, I wish I'd recorded that because that was fucking genius." Yeah, why say that? Just yeah, what's the point in saying it anyway? Jack is Jack the the, the inanimate object. <laughs> yeah, was it me I, that did that, it, officer? It was that inanimate object. Did you tie a chain to it and pull it? Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that. Well, then it wasn't Jack, was it? It was 
<laughs> it was Bruce. It was Bruce. Bruce did it. I hate to break it to you. What happens next, Matthew? <laughs> next, I've got... Um, I, I run out of words for this next bit and ended up just drawing a little picture, which I'll show you. Why? <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So two stick men and one is asking why with his hands in the air. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was this weird scene, right, between Bruce and Vincent. So the pool, the brothers, the brothers Kersey. Yeah. There was a, the poor, a, strange, poor brother. a strange scene where um, I, I struggled to think of a time when I've seen a worst bit of acting <laughs> ever because there was, there was, it was just, it was horrendous. And the only thing I can think of is that something happened to the proper takes and they had to then use just the walkthrough or something. Right. Because, I mean, Bruce isn't a fantastic actor, but he's not a, a schlub. And as we know from um, many things, Vincent, and I can't say his fucking surname, which is annoying. Vincent Dionfrio? Dionfrio? Yeah, that'll do. Kingpin in... Is a great actor. I've seen him in some really good stuff. So they can act, but just in this scene, it was just, it was just bad. Is this the scene you're on about where basically his brother finds out what he's doing? Yeah, and he's asking him why, which is why. <laughs> why? He's like, why? Uh. <laughs> so um, his brother goes to the house and and finds out that his because uh, the cops the, think it's him, don't they? For a while, they think yeah, yeah. they think it's not Frank. Yeah, Frank. They think it's Frank. Because Bruce has moved basically from the house into the basement and, and living a bit like a, a bum, isn't he? Watching yeah. YouTube videos all day and eating pizzas. Actually eating the pizzas for once. Yeah. Empty this so this falls into a lot of the sort of... Um, we're seeing similar arcs that we um, see when we're doing these films, me and you, we notice that some of the most interesting stuff is just left out there. Hmm. In previous films, you've seen things where there's a whole arc where we've gone, that would actually been in watching. Um, and the whole Frank backstory and reasons, and is, is, I think it's the most interesting in this film, in this film, thing in this film, and it's not explored in any way, shape, or form because the police think it's him. And we kind of get the illusion that he's, he's, a, a no, he's, a, he's up to no good or he's got a criminal past in some way. And yet he's not involved in the film half as much as he should be. Like, why do the police, why are the police so convinced it's him? Do you know what I don't mean? know. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's, a, there's a past there that we're, we're, not, yeah. we're not privy to. It's an utter waste of character and actor. Um, mm. And yeah, backstory is never fleshed out. It's, we, we're not supposed to, we're not made to care. Well, we care more about what, what's happened in the past than we do what's happening right now. It, may, it makes no sense really. But it's not to say it's not without its merits. I mean, there's bits and pieces in it that, I mean, I, I really do enjoy Revenge and the Vigilante story, but this is like a poor man's e the equaliser, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the Denzel <laughs> Washington the Denzel Washington remakes of that old six, uh, 80s uh, TV programme are, are pretty good. It's a similar thing, you know, he's a yeah. guy down on his luck, using, improvising with what he's got. This this doesn't just have any 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 weight behind it. It just seems just pointless a pointless remake the other thing i must say though before we get to the end of the film is that bruce has so many fantastic jackets in this film all of them stolen from dead people more than likely the hood setting this the, the hoodies aside his wardrobe is amazing oh, he's yeah. got a, a new jacket for every scene i think you should rewatch it because i noticed it fairly early on that his jackets or his coats were amazing 
Um, so yeah, anyway, after we get the head splatter, the scene, the Jack, uh, the, the crazy Jack scene, um, he finds out that his daughter's come round from the coma. Well, so there's, he, a, there's a there's a little there's a he goes after the third guy and they have a big old shootout in a nightclub. Hundreds of people die. No one of of um like, and then then he gets to find out that uh his his daughter's um awake. Right. She's woke. This is, unlike this, this film. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is another thing I've written down here about in the nightclub scene. And this is again like the pizza scene. Nightclub scenes are the same. Uh, always the same problems with these sort of things. Anything set in a loud, noisy environment is that um, no one's ever dancing in time to the music. Because they can't hear it. Yeah. But that's something, it bugs me. It bugs me uh, that no one eats the pizza. Because you're no quite the movie yourself, aren't you, Chris? I mean, I've never yeah, seen yeah. you dance out of music step. <laughs> I, can't, I can't dance out of time. I mean, I have got so much, my, my body can't, dance other than in time and rhythm i mean it's it's, it's just natural it's rhythm is just no, yeah, yeah it's, it's oh, amazing it's off the chart. but yeah th- this annoys me that no one can no one can hear the music oh they should pipe it in somehow if they're going to do a scene yeah I, and people i mean like when's the last reason my club you could make a phone call and hear someone exactly so anyway he finds out that um after the the shoot up scene inside the toilets is that right or if i'm just thinking of yeah, something else i've box, just seen yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I went, oh, and he dove on the floor next to the toilets. I'm like, not in a nightclub, mate. I'd rather get yeah. shot. His daughter comes round from the coma. And then on the way home, he takes, he says, that's enough. I'm out. That's it. No more. Doesn't he? He says to his brother. Yeah. My daughter has come out of the coma. So therefore. I'm all good. Game over. Good with the revenge. I squashed a man's head. I tortured a guy. I shot some random fuckers around there. Didn't even know they were. Yeah. They're all dead. So I'm on done. the way on the way home in the hospital, he, he, he bumps into criminal number three, the one he failed to kill. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes obvious that um, this chap is going to pay them a visit. Yeah, Bruce Willis might be done, but this guy ain't. Ooh, no. no. So they go home. and um, Home alone too. The, yeah. <laughs> the, da- the daughter's coping quite well. She's been in a coma and her mama's dead. Yeah, and I mean, that's in weeks, but the, uh, she, she, she shrugs off the old muscle atrophy really quickly. I mean, it's too, it's too <laughs> light. It's too light, this bit. And I know, I don't want to feel sad. It, you know, I don't want to feel, um, you know, I don't want this, this film to be too weighty, because obviously I, I, don't, you know, I want to enjoy it, but not feel like really bad and down after watching this sort of content. But she, yeah, after what's gone on and what she's believed and what she now knows when she's awoken from her coma is... Yeah, she's been part of a hideous crime and her mum's been shot dead. Yeah. And she's laughing and a joking when she's with her, when she's at home. It just doesn't seem right. She, she brushes it off. Yeah, she brushes off muscle atrophy and horrible emotional um, impact really well. I mean, yeah. I was probably more cut up after my gerbil died than she was yeah. her <laughs> yeah. mum, if we're yeah. honest. Yeah, and I think Bruce as well. Bruce's character is, is I know he's... He, he moves on quite quickly as well. Very quickly, yeah. yeah. It's not right. But then, not um, emotional range there. So Bruce decides to get himself ready for the evening that's going... So he goes and sees the happiest gun dealer in the world again. Yeah, so he goes this to the time. kind of he's MAGA hat. Yeah, the MAGA hat wearing uh, bikini model uh, sells him a semi-automatic uh, weapon. And then she... Yeah, he's armed up to the teeth, isn't he? And then... yeah. They arrive. She goes, she goes under the stairs, the daughter. 
Yeah. And and then there's a massive shootout. Semi-automatics going off in a suburban household. <laughs> not a single police car in sight. I put this, this down. Is that like, these guys were burglars, right? Just burglars. They're out trying to get a bit of scratch of money. You know, it's not like, it's, it's not diehard. They're not raiding the Nakatemi building for millions and millions of pounds. And yet, yeah. when they've gone home... And and they get like house invaded. They're like SAS fuckers that turn up, and there's loads of them. There's like four, or five, another four or five burglars, all mm. with like all with gear on. Not just like yeah. oh mate, you see met down the pub. Right, we're gonna go do this guy up like in Les Mis. No, no, proper SAS intruders. They got fucking going off with guns and ropes. And there's a few gory scenes here. A guy falls, gets his neck broken. Yeah, he squishes up and stuff, but. Yeah, I, I know it's exactly the same thing as that. This, this, there, there's highly professional armed intruders suddenly storm his house. Yeah, be met with a grisly shooting in the face kind of end. It's a bit like Skyfall, but not. <laughs> yeah, like Skyfall, but less realistic, which is weird. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> he, the way the film ends in, in, is that basically he manages to get a get. A, Get away with it, essentially. Uh, yeah, the, there's a, there's a the, winky bit from the copper, isn't there? <laughs> the detective Hank, um, which I'll call him, basically, uh, yeah, no, he he gives him a little wink when he when uh, when Bruce is giving his uh, his version of the the events of the evening, yeah. and it's fairly obvious what's been going on, and so yeah, Hank uh, lets him off the hook, and uh, uh, the crime, the you know, yeah, well, the, the sequel that will never land, obviously, unless they they. I don't know what they'll do, but there's a, a, a the final scene of the, the the film. Matthew is that Bruce is where is he? He's outside the hospital. He's somewhere out and out and about in town. Maybe going to a pizza restaurant. I'm not yes. sure. But there's another uh, an attempted mugging in the street. And he goes, "Hey," and he puts his fingers up into a gun position. And goes, "Doesn't he?" To the perpetrator. <laughs> It scares the Jesus out of the perp who just drops his bag. So, and he does a little smile again. Uh-huh. And you think, yeah, there we so, go. There There's three, the sequel. Smirks in this film? Was there yeah. three? Three little smirks? Probably. Not but that, that, remi- that reminded me of Gran Torino, the uh, Clint Eastwood film. Yes. Because it's exactly the same. Anyway, uh, the film is pants. Um, there's, there's good stuff in it, and it's all at the beginning. Uh, Let's tell me then, um, a takeaway, something you enjoyed from this film? Yeah, so for me, the, the, the actual dynamic of the family was watchable. Uh, as for Shu and uh, the daughter, their their family unit was a, was um, believable. I didn't really believe Bruce Willis as a trauma surgeon. I don't think that was particularly no, that was right. Poor. I see that as a shoe in, obviously, for them to drive the story, but it didn't really work. Uh, I like a revenge story. Uh, don't get me wrong; I enjoy it in the right thing. But uh, I liked um, I liked his jackets. Um, I thought the support, yeah, the supporting cast actually were good, and I could watch. I could have watched the whole film with all of those people in it. Um, Bruce Willis, unfortunately for me, let let it down. Yeah, uh, he was the weak uh, link. I think he's it? the weak link in the whole film. Everybody else did absolutely fine, and um, uh, Eli Roth essentially bottled it. I think. Yeah, neither n- neither a, a gritty film nor um, nor a, you know a, a, what a satirical look at gun crime and violence in a in america not really tackling any of those issues but um, a weak diluted sort of uh, equalizer 
Yeah, a kind of soz. halfway house. Soz. soz. Um, what about yourself? Uh, is it watchable, Matthew? See, that's the thing. Is, is I, I'm trying to think of the... Because there's always a situation where a film is fits best, you know, like a little perfection film, uh, watch out the pub, this film. And I just don't know where it fits because there's not enough action to be, you know... There's not enough action to just drive it on its own. So, you know, you get like things like Avatar and shit where there's scant storyline, really, when you when you take away the crust. But there's enough visuals and everything else that just takes you along for the ride. Whereas this, there's, there's not enough. I mean, at one point, there was like a 10-minute section in the middle, in the first third, that just felt really slow. And I, I looked and checked, and it, it wasn't a long time. So, you know... It, I, I was in fact being unreasonable, but it just felt like it was going so slow. I think it's because you, I think it's because it's such a well-known story. Cause even if you haven't seen the original film, you know of it, you know, mm. like the rough storyline to this. This is probably one of the few films where you didn't need to do your, your plot synopsis. Cause everyone knows this is a story of a, uh, a good man pushed to the edge to do bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think of something I enjoyed in it. It's um, it's not an ugly film. It's quite well shot. Um, yeah, I, I think Frank Kersey could have been an interesting character. Uh, I think maybe they could have fleshed it out. Maybe they could have done something a bit more interesting. I thought at one point, which may have been interesting, that he was is going to turn out that like he directed the Burglars too. Paul's house, uh, Paul, his brother's house, because you know, he, he knew they'd be out for their birthday meal. He was, you know, uh, needed money, and then you know that would have been a sort of like a, a decent dynamic. But the the big bad in the end was actually his brother, which would have been interesting. Mm. That's a good, yeah, yeah. It would have been, yeah, that makes sense, and that could have worked considering how they were setting him up to very beginning as someone who needed financial help. Yeah, so <laughs> I thought that, again the ha ha were, were running yeah. in my head, but, but it, that didn't pay off, and I thought that's a shame because that could have actually been. Well, apparently, you know, Bruce Willis, we know, I think, was um, someone who didn't hold the film out where he should have done. He should have been somebody that, for all the misgivings of this film, they should have had a damn fine lead actor to he do. Was dialing it in, wasn't he? Yeah. So, but uh, interestingly, interest, interestingly enough, actors considered for the role. Oh, do you have that, some facts for me? Yeah, well, I'm just linking a segue, <laughs> um, segueing quite nicely. Uh, it was uh, Liam Neeson, funnily enough. Oh, dear, yeah. Russell Crowe, uh, Russell Crowe, Matt Damon, Benicio Del Toro. Well, that'd have been Will, good. Yeah, Will Smith and uh, Brad Pitt, finally. Hmm. Any of those probably would have done a better job. Anyone that's been... I think it's the, it's the whole doctor's part of it, because Bruce was so unbelievable as a doctor. Yeah, well, there's one bit as well. There's a couple of areas. I'll give you some more uh, factoids. Go, I'll give you some facts, 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 facts. So there's a little thing uh, where, um, <laughs> where um, after Bruce, he self-treats himself. His shoulder is badly wounded after one of the yeah. nightclub scenes. It's, it's ripped up, basically. He uses super glue to glue it back together, and he staples his own shoulder skin together, doesn't he, using yeah. stuff? Um, but the shoulder wound disappears, and he, he doesn't show any signs of being wounded after that. There's no blood seepage or anything. They don't allude to him. He's not in any discomfort. So I thought, that's poor. Um, yeah. Another plot hole is uh, basically throughout the whole film, whenever he's doing his dirty business, um, 
I mean, not going to the toilet, but I mean, <laughs> he's not wearing any gloves and he's leaving fingerprints all over every crime scene. Yeah. And the cops never dust for prints. No, why would they? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this cut of goofs there for you. I know you love a goof. But uh, what, a goof. What, did, what did it make, this money, uh, money-wise? Not a lot of money. So um, the estimated budget on this was... Oh, punched the mic. Um, the estimated budget on this was uh, $30 million. Um, it made 13. That's one three. So it cost three zero. made one three um, on the opening weekend and grossed... 34 so this one rapidly went out of cinemas um and became a sort of dvd uh streaming kind of title very very quickly uh bearing in mind it was released in march 2018 and we watched it on netflix in england um and i don't i think you know it's not like it arrived this month i don't think i think it's been there a while so it shows you how quickly in less than a year it's gone from cinema to streaming for, to subscription <laughs> streaming service so that shows you how quick that's it. It fell on its old uh, on its arse. So I still, I'm not sure there'll be a sequel on this one. I still don't think um, it's it's worthy of a Razzie. I don't know because it's so it's so ill placed. A lot of it. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm, I'm looking at the Razzie nominations. And for worst picture, it's not nominated. The only actually Bruce Willis is nominated as worst actor for the. I think that's the, fair. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm thinking about that. I hadn't realised I hadn't done my research properly, so apologies. But yeah, no, it's not. It's not up for worst film. It's up for worst actor with Bruce Willis's role. So yeah, I think that's that's pretty. Oh, and it's up for worst remake or rip off of a sequel, um, which makes sense. So yes, maybe yes. The who's, remakes who's against it with the remakes. So with the remakes, it's um, uh, Holmes and Watson. I can't see that being a rip off. Well, I suppose it's rip off or yeah, sequel. Uh, Robin Hood, The Meg, Holmes and Watson, and Death of America, which is a remake of. What the fuck's the mega ripoff of? The Jaws. Fuck off! That's a stretch. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> in terms of uh, where he's placed in his in his nominations or his categories, okay, he might win that one. Yeah, he may too. Uh, although I think probably Holmes and Watson's going to win everything. But we'll do our um, we'll do our Razzie special. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so where in a nutshell then it's uh, it's a pretty one, it's a pretty unanimous vote that uh, apart from the pizza, there's nothing good. That, that's actually that was my favourite part of the film. Is <laughs> the pizza looked amazing. I really wanted to go with that. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm on a diet because I'm a fat fucker these days, so I'm trying not to be a fat fucker so much. Oh, we're all in that boat, mate. Don't Clinically worry. obese, I think, is what um, <laughs> is the boat that I'm in. If we're all in that boat. That boat's fucking doomed, mate. <laughs> save me when we get the iceberg. I tell you. Oh well, never mind. Listen, you've got another sort of at least ten years to sort yourself out before you start having <laughs> diabetic uh, issues, diabetes yeah. issues. Um, well, should we do the reviews? Do the reviews. I've got myself okay. a ten. There so quite a lot we, of tens. A lot of NRA type of, type of people give this a 10. Yeah, I noticed a lot of, yeah, you're right. A lot of people, gun lovers and uh, the anti-PC uh, brigade loved this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, uh, yay, finally, someone saying we should all be able to run around and shoot people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of, um, I think it was a very Trumpy film, this. <laughs> yeah, I think it was quite Trump. So give us your 10. My 10, um, uh, in the style of a 
because it seems like a, an old person wrote this. So I'm going to do it in an old man voice. Ooh. Maybe slightly McKellen, maybe slightly J.R.R. Hartley. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, this is new. So basically, uh, Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McKellen, J.R.R. Hartley, whatever. <laughs> uh, review title, but better than the original. Oh, oh! My kids, maybe go see this movie. How old are his children? Is my first uh, question. This is why I think he's an old person because this is an art. Okay. So, right, got it. And and who? Ooh, hello. Uh, and who? Who goes? Dad, dad, dad. What? 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 Son, you you should go see this film, Dad. It will be. <laughs> Really puts perspective how mum died. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you should have done. Don't remind me of the lawnmower instead once again, Johnny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so his kids made him. So um, I don't know. after watching it, I was glad that they did. The story different enough to make this one seem very now. So comparing this movie to the 1974 original is really not fair to either movie. Bruce Willis is good. Elizabeth Shue is good. The detectives. Guess. What? <laughs> guess what? Guess, guess what they are. I'll, I'll rewind for you to give you a bit of context. You're clearly not paying attention. <laughs> Bruce Willis is good. Elizabeth Shue is good. And the detectives are... Good. Good. <laughs> he's he's clearly got some issues with his superlatives. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the movie doesn't run long. It's paced well, and I like the action. The movies are supposed to entertain, and this one is entertaining. I remember seeing the original Death Wish in a driving. It was <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This guy needs a thesaurus. <laughs> it was good too. I hope they do a sequel for this one, which I imagine will be. <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but that was by yeah. Jamie Gonzalez, 2010. 230 oh, people of 414 found this review helpful. Wow, that's good. That's in, good. In, in use of the word good. Good. That's good. a good, well, good one. I like that character. He was good. Better than the original. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I have a um I have a ten a ten out of ten as well, which is Go by uh VYW six two six two eight. the title is Loved It. <clears throat> I'm bringing back uh uh my Austrian guy for this one. Okay. Bottle <clears throat> sorry. Bottle eyes candy, super thin girls, a glock, machine gun, real American men doing heroic things, bad guys shot dead. And none of their tattoos could help them. Real American man annihilates terror and dread. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> that was wow. Um, that remind so the, the the plot keywords that uh, get pulled up on IMDb. 
I think <laughs> we're all pulled from that guy's review because yeah. the plot keywords are remake, vigilante, thin girl, tattooed trash, legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real American man annihilates terror and dread. Yeah. That's a, that's a synopsis for a film <laughs> in itself. I thought it? that was Trump's running slogan. topical Um, yes so yeah i mean that's that that's the that that is it that we've done it death wish is done and dusted uh another another film to stay in the bunker with us down here locked away forever no well never mind maybe next episode we'll be able to find a diamond in the rough and i'm gonna sort of like uh, bruce Bleach Willis myself by seeing the new Glass. Glass, yeah. Glass. It's going to be good. I did enjoy yeah. both Unbreakable and Split. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and hoping that he, he brings his A game and doesn't just dial it in like he did in this fucking film. Apparently, although Glass's uh, divided opinion is it, it's supposed to be okay. It's supposed to be all right. So I think you might enjoy it if you like that universe that he's uh, created, old M. Night Shyamalan. I've always been slightly above the curve of the M. Night Shyamalan ratings. Mm. I always thought Signs was a better film than most did. I I loved Signs. I liked Uh, it. It's a circle of a film. You don't get very many of them. No. I loved the Uh, fact that everything made sense. All the ha-ha actually tied in. Well, we're talking about uh, M. Night Shyamalan in the last week's podcast with uh, Hannah Flint, where she yes. mentioned that he basically is still doing things differently and self-financing majority of all, if not all of his projects. And you don't see many directors sticking their necks out like that these no. days. So what's the next film? Uh, yeah, sorry, about an hour ago, I asked you what, what film should we do next? But and then the power of editing. By the power of editing. Editing. Yes, we're going to watch um, He-Man, Masters of the Universe. He-Man, yeah. Masters of the Universe. Well, it's been on the list for a long time, so we're, we're going we're gonna to put some 80s kitsch on and uh, look at Donald, um, not Donald, um, Dolph Lundgren's greasy tits. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> and Monica trying to polish them off. I have seen this film a long, long time ago when I was probably in my early teens, yep. if not beforehand. And I remember I ruddy loved it. Right. Ooh. So never go back. I, never but we're going to go. Yeah. But I watched just to, just to talk on a similar vein. I watched Flight of the Navigator with my kids last weekend. Brilliant film. Um, have you watched it in the last twenty years? No. <laughs> It's it's good, but it's honkingly shoddy. There's bits in it. Sorry to digress, but there's it's really bits short in short as well, isn't it? Yeah, there's bits in the flight of the navigator where it's, he there's scenes that have been clearly filmed uh, in a warehouse where with uh, the main character on his own, but he's got a completely different haircut and the lighting is completely different, and they just <laughs> stuck it in extra dialogue. It's crazy, but anyway. Um, Yes. Never go back to your 80s, to your childhood. But Master of the Universe, I think, is something we should definitely do. Yeah, um, it's been requested from us for a while. When we've come yeah, the, well, yeah. He-Man. I was always, I remember watching this as a child as well and being disappointed that Ram Man wasn't in it because Ram Man was my favourite of all the Masters of the Universe. I, had, I had Ram Man. Ooh. But I remember his head, because he rammed, didn't he? He had springs in his legs. <laughs> 
I remember um, I rammed him so hard. That, <laughs> um, sexual now. <laughs> uh, I rammed him so hard that uh, the spring mechanism in him uh, basically busted. So he was no longer ram man. He was just man. <laughs> was, um, he, was he shorter than before? Just yeah. <laughs> stunt he man. Stump, well, he was a stumpy little fucker anyway, wasn't he? Yeah, but then you, you shortened him ever further. You rammed him. You rammed him too hard, Chris. So join us. Uh, on the next episode of the Movie Bunker podcast. I just want to take two seconds out to say to our listeners that um, it would be really, really appreciated if you could pop on to wherever you get your your podcast from and where you're listening to us by and give us a rating. Feeling really charitable, give us a five-star review. And if you're feeling even more charitable, leave a review uh, (laughs) on the platform as well and let us know what you think. In which case, don't do any of those things. (laughs) No. The other thing, Thing is, we do have social media platforms. So on Twitter, you can find us on the show notes of this podcast. But um, please get involved in the conversations and let us know what films you want us to do. If you see anything over the weekend or any evenings, and you're killing time and you come back from the pub and you kick back and put something on, please to let us know and we will certainly pick it up uh, and we'll do it for you um, in the future. And we're looking to do all sorts of uh, exciting stuff this year. Um, so. Uh, the more input we get from you, the better, basically. And it helps us get listened to elsewhere. Yes. So enjoy your week uh, or two and see you on the next bunker. Bye. Cheerio.